Hello there. Greetings. This is Aaron at Dad in the Trenches. Thanks for tuning in. If this is your first time tuning in to Dad in the Trenches, a very special welcome to you. Dad in the Trenches is a place for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. As such, one of the things we do here is talk to all sorts of dads in their unique trenches of life. Today's guest is Jonathan Harms. Jonathan is the founder of an online lifestyle apparel company called Wittingly and runs a social media account called Tutor Dad. As I've watched and also got to know Jonathan, he's very passionate about intentional living and also passionate about adoption. Today's podcast will focus much on this unique dad in the trenches as it relates to adoption. I know that word in and of itself can be scary and maybe even make you want to flip to another episode, but let me encourage you to stick with it. If there's anything we see in scripture, it's that God cares about the oppressed, the captives, the underdogs, and adoption very much fits in with what's on God's heart in these matters. You may not feel called to adopt, but you most definitely will know or have ties to someone who will or who has. I asked Jonathan questions you may may have wanted to ask someone else who has adopted but have been afraid to. I will say, Today's conversation is meant for more mature ears. Some of the topics you may not want young children to hear, so just a little advance notice should you be listening to this episode in your car or in earshot of young kiddos. Thanks for tuning in. Here we go. You are in the trenches of life. You are faced with pressure every day. Family, work, community, all demanding a piece of life. Fatherhood is war. But you continually battle for your soul and the souls in your family. It can feel isolating and exhausting, but there is good news. You have a heavenly Father. Because of Jesus, you can be strong, courageous. You can be an intentional Father, living with purpose. This is what you are meant for. You will make an impact. You are not alone. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches, a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. Well, Jonathan, thanks for joining us on Dad in the Trenches. I'm excited to have you on and uh, looking forward to a great conversation. Yes, Aaron, it's great to be with you, man. So for those of us, our listeners who may not know you, um, you know, tell us uh, just a little bit about yourself, your current spot of life work, family dynamics, all that. Well, my name is Jonathan Harms, and I am 29 years old, married to my best friend for over nine years now, and Regina and I live in Texas, in the green part of Texas, <laughs> and we have three children so far, all through adoption, up in uh, West Texas, the dry part of Texas, grew up in a Christian home, Christian parents, uh, Went to a private Christian school for half of my education, was homeschooled, and and a uh, few other, uh, I guess, peculiar things would be I, I speak German, so I've got to... Really? Don't have the Texas accent. <laughs> <laughs> how, did, uh, how, did you, uh, how did you come to speak German? It's a long story, but uh, my heritage, uh, my ancestors spoke uh, low German, and I grew up speaking that as well. So uh, growing up, you know, just think, thinking back... To my growing up years, I always had this desire to do something great or to be someone great. And 
I thought I was going to be a scientist, honestly, uh, but it didn't turn out that way. And uh, I wound up working full time while I was in high school and did many different jobs. Uh, we, my wife and I have done missions in different places like Haiti and Ghana, West Africa. But uh, as far as current situation in life, current work, uh, I've launched an online business this year and I'm actually building a house that I'm going to be selling and and working with uh, our family manufacturing business. So things are quite busy in that area of, of our lives right now. Very cool. Very cool. And tell us, you know, a little about your story. Um, you said you grew up kind of in a Christian home. Um, you know, what, what does life with the Lord look like for you? And, and even also in that, um, you know, relationship with the dad, that kind of thing. Yeah, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents were... They were godly examples for me, and you know, I remember praying as a child and, and hearing about Jesus, and we read the Bible, and I'm super grateful for that. You know, My parents, they definitely made a huge effort to disciple me and, and to train me up you know, in the way that I should go. Uh, one aspect, uh, as far as with uh, my dad, he worked out of town in my early years, so I didn't see him as much as I would have liked to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, sometimes he'd be gone a week, you know, at a time. And I didn't really know him growing up, you know, until about eight years of age, which at that point, my dad saw what was happening. And, and he really made a sacrifice, you know, took a huge pay cut and took a different local job and changed, you know, changed careers. Yeah. And he was at a lot more at that point, which which I'm really grateful for that. But, uh, yeah. Overall, uh, I mean, I love my dad and have a great relationship with him now, and and we've really had some good times together. And he he really taught me how to work hard. And you know, I always remember my dad has always been a man that has been diligent in whatever he does. He he does it well, and he does it passion and with vigor. And and I I really esteem that in my dad. Yeah. And you know teaching me how to do things with integrity and, and honesty. Uh, those are things that I have caught from my dad and, and just seeking the truth. Uh, I really admire that in him. But, but yeah, we didn't have much of a connection in my early years. And, hmm. and I think that that is, you know, I, I feel the loss there, yeah. even though there's been redemption in that area. And I think that's, you know, I think all of us, we look at our parents and we see, what they did wrong, right? And then our children are going to see things that we've done wrong, <laughs> right. things that we could have done better. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I say, that, I think that's why I've really got a, a passion now to say, hey, I, I want to be present with my children mm-hmm. and I want to be there for them. And, you know, even if it does mean sacrifices in different areas, yeah. even if it doesn't look like a lot of the men in my community, you know, their lives of working 60 to 80 hours a week. You know, maybe it looks like working 40 hours a week and, and then spending another 10 or 20 hours, you know, working with the children or, or just uh, having fellowship with them. Yeah. So also, you know, part of your story is, and, and one of the reasons we've connected and, and really just wanted to give you some space to share your story because you have three adopted children. And, um, you know, there's, I think there's an aspect of, of adoption that either some of us have been around others who have adopted or tried to adopt or there's been maybe infertility issues um, and they adopt or have fostered. But I think uh, for a large majority of us, there there's, 
we don't know a whole lot about it or the process or even the heart behind it. So I want to give you space and, and just ask you, you know, tell us some more about um, your story and um, your family and, and what's led you to adoption yeah. and your heart behind that. When Regina and I first met, it, it's been about 11 years now, <laughs> uh, you know, we began dating and and uh, we, we even from the get-go, before we were married, we had this idea that we would adopt someday. You know, it wasn't a question of if, but it was a question of when we would adopt. And uh, we got married nine years ago. And after about a year of marriage, we, we thought, you know, hey, this would be a, a great time to start a family. You know, and, and we began to uh, try to get pregnant. And, well, what do you know? God had other plans, and it didn't happen that way. And instead, we went off to a discipleship school. You know, God was just in the beginning of our relationship or marriage. I was really, I was really set on uh, buying, you know, down here in Texas, we, we drive trucks, right? And, uh, I was you got set to, on right? Driving this, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got uh, rough country roads and, and all of that. So, so we drive trucks and I had this dream of having, uh, this certain type of truck, you know, it was a big diesel pickup and, you know, expensive. And I wanted to do all these different modifications to it. And, and that was really my dream. You know, I, I'm ashamed to say it, but that was kind of my vision for, for my life at that point is work hard, earn money and buy this truck and then begin the process of, you know, modifying it. And just, you know, that was really my hobby and my vision. But as we uh, in 2012, we got married in 2010. In 2012, uh, God just began a, a deep work in Regina and I both, where we started just getting into the Word, and we we started praying together. And I mean, just uh, started having prayer meetings, and we we'd be praying for, you know, sometimes an hour. We we pray together, and just uh, just really began to grow a heart for the things of God and we began to redirect from truck and house and, and possessions orientation to looking at Bible school. And, and we uh, decided in 2000 and at the end of 2012, we decided that we would attend a Bible school or a discipleship school in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And we plans for that. And, you know, we scrapped the whole uh, buy a house cash plan and we, uh, began to plan for Colorado and we spent 2013 there uh-huh. and kind of where the heart for adoption really grew uh, or really, I guess it was multiplied there was uh, we went to, we got invited to this adoption class out of nowhere. I don't know how we got the invitation, but in our email, we had a, an invitation at a local church in Colorado to attend this adoption class. So, uh-huh. Well, we went went in, and and there's this massive church, elevators and staircases everywhere, and this little room. We we finally got to this little room, and we're having this adoption class, and there's maybe a handful of people there, and and we just began to see like, wow, there's just no vision of of Christ here. Like, there's no vision of of the heart of God here. Like, something's missing. And, and some aspects of, of adoption were conveyed in a negative light, and hmm. and we're just we're, we're burning up at this point. And to top it all off, uh, we had a 
we had a, a lesbian couple uh, turn around and encourage us and said, hey, you know, we've been foster parents for so, so and so long, and we just want to encourage you guys. It's great what you're doing. And, and I, I remember Regina and I were just like, whoa, like, what is going on here? Where is the church of Jesus Christ? Mm. You know, have these people that are that don't have Jesus. They don't have the grace of God to offer. You know, they're, they're walking in a way that's not pleasing to the Lord. Mm. And, and yet they ones that are, are carrying out uh, this work of caring for the orphan. And we just we, we were just set at that point and we said god whatever you would have for us if you want us to go into foster care uh we will do it and you know that had always been the thing that we had said okay we we, we want to adopt but lord we don't want to do foster care you know we, we uh we'll do anything just not foster care that's not for us you know that's too tough uh, i had an aunt and uncle that had done it and uh we just wouldn't we didn't want to go that route but god just filled us with this he gave us this vision and this heart to care for the fatherless and yeah. uh, during that time also at a church service where uh, a young man from Ethiopia who had grown up as an orphan uh, he was leading this prayer meeting for the orphan and I just re recall him just shedding tears and just wailing and crying out to God on behalf of the orphan and, and, and the oppressed and mm -hmm. that, that really changed us I think at a fundamental level where yeah. we just we just had this vision like this is what God wants us to do right now. Mm. The, the verse that comes to mind, uh, true religion is this, to take care of the widow and the orphan and to keep oneself undefiled by the world. I pick up a lot of what you're saying in that. So from that point, you know, fast forward us to how long, uh, what was the process like? How long until you all uh, adopted and, and all that? Walk us through the next stage following that. Uh, well, I would, I'm sad to say it, but it was actually one year and two months before, uh, from the time that we started the process to become foster parents uh, until we actually had our first placement. Okay. And, uh, we went back to, we moved back here to Texas in okay. 2000, and, at the end of 2013, and started the process immediately, uh, 2014, and uh, we were waiting and waiting and doing our, you know, there's a lot of documentation, a lot of, uh, there's a home study, and there's a lot of classes and training that you, you have to partake in, yeah. and just a lot of waiting, you know, and just little details that seem to... Uh, just drag behind. And, and I think in our case, it took longer than it should have. Hmm. But uh, we actually wound up spending four months at an orphanage in Haiti uh, during that time that we were waiting to be approved. So huh. uh, God was just kind of really providing opportunities to, to serve and love on the orphan. And yeah. we thought we would potentially be adopting from Haiti, but uh, unfortunately we were much too young and, uh, could not there was no avenue to pursue adoption from Haiti so we we instead got to uh, minister at an orphanage there and cool came back and a few months later uh, this would be uh, from February 2014 until April of 2015 that is when we finally got approved and immediately we had a little boy named Isaac placed okay. with us and we actually got to go to Dallas here and pick him up from the hospital as a seven-week-old, uh, tiny little baby. Mm. Uh, 
he was premature, and uh, here we are, these these young kids, if you will, and, <laughs> and we're supposed to care for this little baby. And, you know, he's, something, he's only not even six pounds yet, and he was you know, he was three months premature, uh, and we're just thinking, is this really like, are we going to break him or something? <laughs> but uh, we and just immediately had the sense of, you know, God is going to, this, this boy is going to stay here. He's going to be our son. And uh, and that was just a wonderful experience altogether. Uh, you know, with, with foster care, it's, it is war. You know, and that, that's something I, I really want to highlight here is uh, orphan care is war. And I know, mm. Aaron, you speak of motherhood is war, right? It is, mm-hmm. it is war. The enemy doesn't like what we are doing. When, when we lead our families in the truth of God's word, and, and we lead them to follow Christ, uh, the enemy does not like it. And he does not like life. He does not like children mm. because children you know, are, are such a miracle and a gift from God. And so he's, he's pitted against uh, children in general and especially uh, orphans. And we experienced that with our second placement. A few months after uh, my son, who is now named Benaya, mm-hmm. we renamed him after his adoption. Okay. Uh, we had another child placed with us, a little boy. He went back to his parents after a week. And then uh, next thing you know, we had another boy. A few days later, we had another boy placed with us named Bakari. And and he, uh, it was a long, drawn-out, uh, I guess you could say a battle, because we had this conviction that this boy is going to stay in our home. Hmm. And uh, I don't recommend this, but uh, we actually even had such a firm conviction in that that we renamed him already. Oh. Uh, he was four and he came to stay with us and we renamed him and we didn't, we kept it somewhat secret, but we renamed him already. And, and uh, shortly after that, we realized that uh, his mom was expecting another child. And we began immediately to pray for that little one as well and saying, Lord, we have two, you know, these boys are almost like twins and, and we're learning these things, you know, and, uh, we just began praying and saying, Lord, if you want to place this little girl in our home, uh, we're open. We don't see that we have enough strength, but we know that you will provide. Mm. It just be- became this process of uh, being obedient just with what we knew at the time. Uh, you know, w- before we had our second child, we were we were praying to God and just saying, you know, Lord, if you know, we want to just learn to be uh, Benaya's parents and just do well with him and learn this parenting thing. And God had other plans. You know, we instead of that, we had three children in the span of nine months mm-hmm. placed with us. And they, they all, well, I say four children in a matter of nine months. Yeah. And they all stayed in our home except for one. And yeah. we wound up adopting them. Talk about some of the unique challenges um, that you all have faced um, as well, just now having adopted, having fostered, you know, obviously in, in some regards you, you can't choose, you know, previous spiritual influences on the kids. You can't uh, choose, you know, genetic influences on the kids, those kind of things. Um, so sometimes there are additional things that, at least in my observation, you know, foster parents, adopt, adoptive parents have to overcome. Have you all had to have any of those challenges, facing any of those challenges? Talk a little bit more about that. Definitely have experienced the, 
spiritual warfare that that uh, foster care in particular is uh, one of the I guess you could say limitations of foster care is that you are not allowed to physically discipline the children at all and mm-hmm. as a believer you know, with my own children I I desire to not spare the rod you know I, mm-hmm. I want to lovingly gently and appropriately discipline them uh, in a way that shows them that this is what is right and this is you know, there are consequences for sin, yes. and, and and of course with grace and appropriately, but that is not an option in foster care. So, uh, you know, as a father yourself, you'll know that, you know, a toddler, two, three-year-old, you know, they have uh, instances where you can't reason with them. You can't say, well, son, it would be better if you wouldn't do this. And so you really have to fight in prayer. I'm sure every father learns at some point or another is that you cannot control your children, neither do you want to, but you can't control your attitude and your actions and reactions for that matter. Yeah. And uh, there was one instance where, where uh, we had a challenge and our son was screaming and, and wouldn't stop and wouldn't lay down in his bed for his nap. And, and uh, we had wound up taking him out before he had, had a good attitude about it, and uh, and I knew it wasn't right. So uh, we, I put him back in his bed when I realized that, and he immediately started, you know, just wailing and screaming and was just not having it. And and I just remember going back to Regina and praying and saying, uh, Lord, help us to have the right attitude in this situation. I guess a specific challenge here, Aaron, would be growing up in a home that was fairly strict. And, you know, we just didn't have these fits and these, you know, things going on. Like it was just right. not happening in our, in our home growing up. Yeah. I had to really set that mindset aside and say, okay, all I can do now is pray and and really guard my own heart and my own uh, emotions in mm-hmm. this situation. And I remember we, we waited it out and, and uh, uh, when he stopped screaming, we came in and and he started screaming again, and we just said, "No, we're we're gonna let him calm down first, and and really show him that that you know he's he's not gonna win in this situation. You know, mm-hmm. though we can't discipline, going to care for him and show him what is right in the only way we know how. And finally, after that, we you know we we managed to have a breakthrough there, and and uh, he he took naps after that, you know." all the time and we had no issues there so it was just being very strategic in, in yeah. praying and and guarding our own heart and emotions in that so that, that's yeah. definitely a challenge but god is so gracious and i mean he's teaching us so much through uh, situations like that yeah how old uh how old were your kids then when they were being fostered and when you could actually adopt what were their ages by the time you're able to adopt our first son was just over a year old okay. when we adopted him, and he had been in our home since seven weeks. So we had him as a, a baby, and just yeah. uh, for the only parents he's ever known. Yeah. And then our our second son, he was four months old, and had suffered neglect and, and different things. So mm. so that's another aspect I would touch on here, and if I if I may briefly yeah. go for it, you know these children don't have this this perfect uh, prenatal care and just this perfect environment that they came from and 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 things are just not ideal you know when you deal with 
any child for that matter, you know, things are not ideal, but especially in the case of, of orphan care, you know, a lot of these children, they've, they've gone through just, just astounding things, uh, just gone through so many hardships and so many things were not ideal in their lives. So many things were just not what they should have been in their lives. So you're really fighting like what kind of spiritual influences were on them? What kind of strongholds are mm-hmm. in their family tree that they come from? Yeah. What sort of environment did they come from? You know, what have yeah. they been exposed to? So our son, he was he was definitely exposed to things that were unhealthy, and, and one of those being neglect and just mm-hmm. uh, really uh, almost almost they diagnosed him with failure to thrive. Okay. At the hospital, and that's when taken out of the home and that was a challenge there but we adopted him he was around two years old he was in our home almost two years before uh, the adoption was finalized and his baby sister uh, was just under you know about a year and a half when okay when we were able to adopt them together so so there's a waiting game there you know of yeah. praying and social workers would come back and say well it's going to take a miracle if you guys want to adopt these children it's it's going to take a miracle. And, you know, there's there's a lot of tension in the whole aspect of it, you know, of these are someone else's children, mm-hmm. and you're loving your own children, and they're fighting for their children, you know. And, and in so many cases, uh, it's tragic. The children get removed, and, and the parents, you know, are struggling in different areas. And, and our heart is not to say, hey, we're going to just take your children away, you know, but the heart is you know, hey, let us help. You know, your situation is not healthy. Uh, let us help. And we, we want to just love these children as our own. And, uh, you know, in so many cases, uh, I want to be respectful to uh, birth parents and yeah. not throw them under the bus. But in, in so many cases, I, I think what re- it really goes back to, and this is really at the heart of what you and I both uh, hold dear, is the aspect of families with a father and a mother. Hmm. And, and that stability that it brings. And they, in so many cases, don't have that. So uh, we just pray, you know, Lord, give us wisdom, you know, and give us an understanding of what your plan is here. And when we receive that conviction of, you know, this is what we believe God wants to do here. And we just held on resolutely and said, OK, Lord, we are we're going to we're going to hold on until this is accomplished. heart behind that God has in his great kindness and mercy and just his heart of compassion he's reached down and adopted us into his family he's taken us he's made us just as his own and the same heart I hear coming through of you know we have a heart to you know reach out and to pull and to to bring them into the family you know it's just such a great parallel and talk a little bit just more about maybe things you've learned about the heart of God through this, um, as there's been those parallels, perhaps. Yes, uh, that's definitely at the heart of it. Aaron is it, it's it's crucial to the gospel. You know, we we were not God's children, and God won us back. He adopted us, right? You know, Paul speaks in Romans of of the spirit of adoption. Mm-hmm. You know that by which we cry out, Abba, Father. 
And, and I've really learned so much about the heart of God, as all fathers do, I'm sure, but in a special way of, you know, while these children are foster children, you know, this is a little bit of a, a sensitive situation here or a topic, but, you know, the children go for visits with their birth parents and, mm-hmm. and really when they come back smelling like their birth parents or, you know, their bio parents, the way we refer to them, yeah. you know, it's a challenge of saying, okay, you know, this is somebody else's child and I'm loving them. You know, they get to visit with them for an hour uh, every week and I'm here having to just train them and be with them and they're up at night and they're crying and, and there's issues and challenges and we're laboring in prayer for them and, and just pouring out our lives for them. And, and yet God is that father that is caring and loving. You know, while we were yet sinners, he sent Jesus to die for us. You know, while we were, you know, we smelled like the devil, you know, we, and yet God sent his son to redeem us, to bring us back. And, uh, and there's just so, so much truth in that, just realizing that, you know, adoption is what the gospel is about. You know, you look at the scripture and, and we read in First John 3, you know, what manner of love is this that we should be called children of God? And so we are. And, and that is just a reality for us as Christians. You know, God is a father to the fatherless in the practical sense. Mm-hmm. And also he, you know, thinking of, even in the story of Jesus, we have Joseph. He was an adoptive father to Jesus. Hmm. You know, it wasn't his child. Yeah. And yet he chose to call him son. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of strange to think of it that way, but yeah. Joseph was an adoptive father. And that's how we got our Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, you know, the, the script was fulfilled through yeah. adoption. So God thinks <laughs> highly of adoption. Absolutely. You know, it was part of the plan in the practical and also, you know, in the spiritual realm. So I I think that's powerful to realize Mm. that, you know, adoption is the core of the gospel. Mm. And, you know, so literally caring for the orphan is just literally the practical outflow of the gospel. You know, as we realize that God has called us his own, now we reach out and say, you know what, there are children out there that don't have a father, and I will be that father. I will yeah. care for them. I will draw them in. I will be a father to the fatherless the way my father is yeah. to me. That's awesome. Talk a little bit about just the challenges as well with, with your family, and, and I know you also have a mixed race family with the children you've adopted. So talk to us a little bit about just even challenges you face with that. Yeah, that's an interesting aspect. You know, we when we started out as foster parents, we, you know, you, you're able to say, hey, we, we don't want this race or we want this or, mm-hmm. you know, you're free to, to make all those stipulations. But Regina and I just had it on our hearts like these children need homes. It does not matter what race or, you know, send the children our, our way. Yeah. You know, if they need a home, we, we want to be that home. God just placed a three beautiful, <laughs> lovely black children in our home. And uh, as a matter of fact, we've had four placements and they've all been uh, African-American. And okay. we just have such a for for Africa and for Haiti. The challenges come with that, you know, obviously we're a spectacle, you know, wherever we go, <laughs> right. people really like, okay, these people have adopted, like, 
and, and it tends to bring a lot of reactions and, and questions. So hmm. definitely if, if that's the direction God calls you in uh, as a listener, you're going to get a lot of questions. Are they brothers? Are they twins? Are they, uh, you know, they ask, are they brothers? Are they sisters? Well, of course they are. They're, they're yeah. our children, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, those are some things, but I think it really makes you a spectacle. You can't, I guess, in a sense, you, you're on display. Hmm. And uh, so there's various pressures that, that come with that. But I also think there's a powerful opportunity to, to really minister the gospel to people hmm. And, and really to break down so much of the tension that that seems to be in this country uh, over race and, and different things like that. Hmm. And uh, I think it's come to realize that truly there there isn't such a tension. You know, it isn't what the media makes it out to be. You know, it's, it's, a, it's not what they're purporting it to be. Hmm. Just having the questions, you know, lots of questions and just being willing to say, hey, uh, explain it over and over again yes yeah. this is you know yes they're brothers yes you know, uh, and being patient with that i would say has been a, a challenge but yeah but uh, no it's, it's been such a wonderful experience though um we wouldn't want it any other way so tell us um as well like what encouragement would you have for other dads in the trenches out there uh, that may be dealing with adoption maybe have adopted kids um just based on all that you all have gone through, um, you know, what kind of encouragements would you give? I think for those of you out there that are in the trenches uh, with adoption specifically, I mean, all of us, you know, God loves children, right? We're not, mm. with what I'm saying, I don't mean to elevate adoption and say, well, this is the, this is super spiritual, you know, being a dad <laughs> is one thing, you know, nothing like that. God loves children. And Jesus said, let the little children come to me. And just know that if you're in the trenches and you're, you're a father, uh, you are in God's work. You know, you're doing God's work and he is with you, mm. uh, especially on adoption. Uh, God is in that. It's his heart. So hold on and trust him and know that though there may be challenges and maybe the enemy will buffet you and, and uh, really uh, just put challenges your way, just know that God is backing you up. He is with you in this work. Yeah. Uh, and to maybe to some of you, if, if I can be frank here, Aaron, it pains me, it pains my heart to, to hear over and over again uh, at these different adoption events and conferences and classes that the ladies are dragging their husbands in to these adoption classes. The ladies are, are just trying to get their husbands on board. I'm just wondering where? Where are the men? Where are the men that have God's heart? Where are the men that are willing to sacrifice, that are willing to say, you know what? They may not be my children. They may not be my problem, so to say, but I will be like Job. And I will say, you know what? The cause that I knew not of, I sought out and I will deliver the oppressed. I will go and reach into these children's lives where the enemy has just ransacked and done so much devastation and damage and reach in there and bring the redemption of Jesus Christ hmm. into their lives and bring the love of God to them. Uh, I, I just really have a, a passion and a heart to see that, Aaron, hmm. to see what it's, it's the women putting on the brakes and saying, honey, I don't, I don't know if we can... You know, I don't know if we can handle another one. 
I would love to see that. I, I have a vision to see something like that happen in our generation where, you know, the women are the ones that are with the children so much. And yet the men are putting the brakes on. I don't fully understand that. And I know we have a different, uh, different heart, right? I think probably if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a, a heart for children. Uh, remember that it's God's work and, and he's going to be with you in that. If you could also just tell us a little bit, you know, listeners, whether they heed the calling or whether they're um, whether they're not, you know, for those that that may know other families that are choosing to adopt or adopting or you know fostering, you know, from your your perspective, how can our listeners best support families that are doing that? I would say, hands down, number one way that you can support adoptive families, and I don't say this to be trite, but mm-hmm. pray for them. Mm-hmm. pray for them and I remember uh, a particular family they stopped in our house one day as we were going through this adoption process with uh, Abishai and Zibia our second and third children and uh, it was such a battle and they stopped in our house and brought us a gift card which those are great too <laughs> and, and they said and then they said and by the way we're committed to praying with you in this situation and I can't tell you what that did for us, just knowing that our church family and just these different families, even uh, specific individuals just saying, we are committed to praying through this. Yeah. And I really believe we, we would not have adopted Abishai, been able to adopt Abishai and Zibia if we had not had prayer warriors fighting you know, on behalf of these kids. Yeah. Uh, that, that's huge. I, I, don't, I can't overstate that. And secondly, uh, accepting the children. You know, uh, I don't know what sort of church you're from, Aaron, but our church is small and we don't have much diversity. And so now we got these strange children coming into our church. You know, and what have the people done? They've accepted the children. They've loved them. They've haven't, you know, don't treat them special. Treat them normal. You know, just show them that they're loved, that they're they are, you know, that they are children, they are valued, they are loved. Another practical way that, that different families, you know, because re- the reality is we are not all called to adopt 10 children. You know, th- there are likely families that are not called specifically to adopt. You know, it's, it's heavy. You know, it's, it's not a thing of, hey, we'll try it out and, and see what, you know, what we can do. It's like, no, you, you are making a lifelong commitment to a precious human being, hmm. and it's, it's not something to be take lightly, uh, obviously. But another way that you can help is becoming a respite care provider, where you take the training that's necessary, and uh, if someone you know is involved in foster care, you can take this training and become a respite care provider, and you can babysit for the family so they can hmm. have a break. That, that's another challenge I didn't touch on earlier. You know, being a foster parent. You can't just drop the kids off at grandma and grandpa's. Yeah, uh, you have to you have to tell the 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 social workers where you're going, when. Uh, you know, if you're leaving the kids somewhere, you have to tell them, you know, and, and inform them on what's going on. And you know, things change, and and some of that may not be relevant now. But back when we were foster parents, you know, there were different stipulations and sure and requirements there. So that that's a huge way, you know, to. Yeah. To help, and another thing is just just be passionate about adoption. You know, just 
participate in the the uh, adoption events in your area and and just show the the people that you've got their back you know that mm-hmm. you that we're in this together even though some of us may actually adopt the children others may support pray gift cards meals babysitting respite care it's all part of caring for these children that's so good really appreciate that Jonathan, tell us, uh, our listeners, um, you know, how, how can they further connect with you? Um, you know, give us Instagram handle, website, all that fun stuff. Probably Instagram is the best way to connect. Um, my handle there is harms.jonathan. Mm-hmm. So that's H-A-R-M-S dot J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N. And I also post under Tudor Dad, okay. uh, which is really heart behind you know being a father and being an involved father you know very much in line of what you're doing here Aaron that's probably the two best ways to uh, connect with me there uh, Instagram okay. I'm also on Facebook but uh, yeah we also have a, a website uh, tutordad.org okay and uh, you can also uh, connect there as well so just before we close out here um, you know I would two things um, would, uh, would you pray for our listeners? And then I want to get to pray for, for you all. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for a group of men that are passionate about being fathers, fathers that represent your nature and fathers that care for children and raise them up in truth and in love. And Father, right now, I just pray for each one that's listening, uh, Lord, the dads out in the trenches that are uh, fighting the enemy day in and day out. God, we need your spirit. We need your grace. And God, we know that we are not anything special and that we truly are weak and we truly need your power in our lives. And I'm so grateful, Lord, that you've promised to give us everything that we need, Lord. We, As we gain this higher vision for fatherhood, uh, Lord, I just pray that Uh, You would give us hearts that uh, receive your truth, hearts that just trust uh, resolutely in the truth of your word. And God, I I pray that you would light a fire under us as men, that we would burn with your heart and with your passion for the oppressed and for the orphan, Lord, that you would raise up men, that you would raise up an army of soldiers fighting under the banner of Jesus Christ to deliver the poor and the oppressed to deliver these children that are suffering in so many uh, gruesome ways, Lord. Uh, We just cry out on behalf of them, God, that you raise up men. And Lord, that you make us the men that we're called to be, Lord. Uh, I speak a blessing upon uh, Aaron and his ministry here. We're grateful to be called your children. And uh, Lord, may that truth just uh, burn in our minds. And that we would parent out of that reality that you are our Father. Thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Father, I just thank you for Jonathan. I thank you for his family. And I pray for the Harms family. I pray um, just that you would give them um, all good things to parent well, to love well. I thank you, God, for the heart uh, that you've given them, the passion that you've uh, burdened and burned in them. Uh, to love these kids, to open their home, um, to be a, a home for the orphan. And um, 
I just pray a blessing over them. I pray blessing over their times together as a family and just that um, the gospel and this kingdom life would be deeply rooted and grounded in them at such a young age that these seeds of the kingdom have would be planted and that the ones that are already planted would begin growing and sprouting even now and um, to much fruit for, for the harms family good and for your glory. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, Jonathan, Amen. thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I really, this is a great blessing. Appreciate your openness and honesty and vulnerability and helping us gain more understanding as well as just gain more of a heart um, for the, the orphan. So thank you so much for joining us. Amen. It's been a pleasure, brother. All right. We'll talk to you soon, guys. Until next time. Thanks for listening. For more content and resources, check out the website at dadinthetrenches.com or on social media at Dad in the Trenches. And be sure and click on subscribe to stay up to date with new podcasts. Walk out the heroic fatherhood you were called to live.